Hello, handsome dads. Welcome to Jack's Tap, episode 38. Today's guest is an old friend, as they all are. My friend Keegan Kelly. He is a comedian in Chicago as well. A little bit more sketch and improv based, but uh, he's done stand-up as well. I know him, though, from childhood. Uh, we went to elementary school together, all the way through high school. Did some chorus, rode the bus, all of those great things. But we didn't cover any of that in this episode. Um, talked a lot about comedy. The current state of the world being in shambles. Nice, fun, uplifting talk for you there. And uh, rounded it out with some basketball. So I hope you enjoy my friend Keegan Kelly on Jack's Tap. Just one look at you. And I know it's gonna be a lovely How are we doing now? Looks better on my end. What about you? Perfect response time. Beautiful. Awesome. Nice. All you right. know, the timing's so important with these things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be brutal for anyone listening, just like an hour straight of us like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's all about the rhythm, the, the repartee. Yeah, that's why I've uh, really been encouraging just uh, straight online improv shows from now on so that we can really just kind of test ourselves and our timing yeah i was almost in one of those were you um yeah but my internet connection was just so shitty <laughs> that i was cut from the team was it literally like you showed up for a zoom show and they're like dude you're you're lagging out you're out of the group yes that's exactly what happened <laughs> what group is that uh it was it wasn't like a group that i'd been performing with yeah. it was just like some people who hit me up Right. Um, I so yeah, I, no, no love lost. I don't blame him. Yeah, that's fair. The show you're, was great. You were a late ad. Yeah, and a, for sure. And a quick, and a quick removal. Yeah, an easy cut. Yeah. Have you done any online shows? No, that was that was my only attempt. <laughs> yeah, and it put a little bad <laughs> taste in your mouth. It did. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sticking through that bad Wi-Fi with me. I, I appreciate your patience. So, yeah. you know, happy to be here. <laughs> happy to have you. Um, what have you been doing to stay, anything to stay in comedy, creative? Uh, I have a, a, a few, like, writing groups, writing plans, yeah. projects that we're, like, kind of working on. Um, uh, most notably, you, you remember Emily Ashenden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, she, we did a sketch show way back when. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're starting that back up. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she's in New York. I'm here. Right. Uh, something tells me that I'm going to have to go there when we actually put it on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't come about? back from New York. Once you're there, you, you kind of stick around. Meet in the middle and go to Cleveland. Ah, perfect. Start right. up a scene there. Is there a comedy scene in Cleveland? There is now. <laughs> you're right we're, we're we're putting cleveland on the map yeah they're putting in 5g so they can get the best online shows oh that makes sense they yeah. do they have google fiber yeah, that must be one of those cities dude i worked at the mayor's office in bloomington my senior year and we were trying to do fiber and then the republican governor of the state after we had ripped out like 
every yard's like um you know foundation to dig and put fiber in there he's just like actually no you can't do it it's like oh okay cool so oh awesome yeah yeah we were also doing an annexation of the city that would um add on average forty dollars to people's state taxes over the course of a year on their property because we were trying to incorporate farms and farmland into bloomington's county to make it more affordable for the people living in bloomington and they were they sent death threats from all over the country yeah you you monsters yeah how How could you yeah it would have forty (laughs) dollars well you gotta think in terms of indiana dollars that's like sixty dollars in new york yeah, that's more money than they see in three years. So, <laughs> yeah. calm like, down, Jack. Yeah, where the fuck am I supposed to get 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I imagine Indiana's economy is just guns sold to Chicago and fireworks. That's and my the, outsider's perspective. And, and the farmer's market. And the farmer's market. Yeah. So, are you guys, it's not going to be the same sketch show from before. Are you just going to write more sketches together or are you going to do Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're writing new stuff, um, meeting once a week, giving each other homework. feels very adult. Yeah, that's great, um, though, because it, like, it's uh, something to do. Oh, yeah. Hold you accountable in some form or fashion. Absolutely, because otherwise I just have my job, which is, Horrible. you know, awful. What are you doing now? Uh, I work for a third-party logistics company doing operations. What's um, the company? It's uh, TMC C.H. Robinson. I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know. I can edit it out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Depending on how the rest of the show goes, maybe cut that part. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Depending on what comes out of my mouth. Can't wait for my ending segment, which is complain about your job specifically and name names. It's a tough title, but uh, (laughs) it is a viral, viral sensation. Yeah, yeah. Who's your least favorite client? That's uh, that's (laughs) a big, big hit. What's his Twitter handle? Oh God! Yeah, my my none of my coworkers know I do comedy. And really, you haven't even I'm, mentioned it. I'm I'm working up to it. I'd only been there uh, like two months before we all started working from home, and I was like right. working up to it. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like I was looking at the shows I was doing at the time, um, and I was doing uh, this this show called Best World. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like we take the premise of Westworld, like a theme park in yeah. a genre where the, the robots don't know they're robots. And nice. We, we do like a new movie genre every week and we do like new movie parodies and like that kind of thing. Cool. Um, where would you do that? Uh, the Annoyance. Nice. Yeah, we had a weekly show there, nice. uh, which might be dead. Uh, the entire Annoyance? Uh, I, the show specifically, but right. maybe the entire thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a yeah. feeling they're going to be okay, but they sure are worried. But yeah, your show might be Bubkiss. Yeah, because like none, none of these theaters really have much of a war chest going, yeah. you know. So <laughs> yeah. like the rainy day fund doesn't right. exist at I.O. Yeah. Like, um, hey, can we just real quick get like a hundred people to pay for a class, but not take it? Yeah, can we do Zoom improv classes, but charge yeah. the same amount? Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to ask for my $300 back because I was like two weeks into a class. Probably could have if I wanted to be a dick or if I was just more desperate. But I was like, I'm not going to ask for that money back. But like, I'm not going to take your Zoom class. Also, I have a friend who's 
they they're making them do their conservatory show online it's like maybe just wait till you get back like that's kind of bullshit that yeah their whole year because even when you finally get the show you're like geez like i really paid like you know three grand for this and all this time it's like yeah we should be getting this show yeah unless their entire show is just sketches about skype calls Right. Then that's a, that's a pretty easy adjustment. Just switch it <laughs> yeah. to Zoom. Yeah. The other two uh, conservatory classes are like, what are you talking about? We want to do it in person. We'll wait. The other class is like, well, this actually really works for our team. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually thinking about doing this before this all happened. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to change the wording around from Skype to Zoom, but yeah. I think we can manage it. <laughs> yeah. Keegan's Wi-Fi sucks, but we'll just boot him out. I, hey, it's an easy cut. I had two lines. <laughs> Yeah, I already took conservatory. I was just in there for uh, shits and gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shits and gigs. Yeah. That oh. was our show name. Was it really? No. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. That'd be. Uh, yeah, you can't make it shits. Um, so I think I. I don't think I went to your and Emily's show. I thought I did, but then the more I was thinking about it, I was trying to. Like, where was it again? Because it was in the city, right? It was at a theater called the Upstairs Gallery, uh, which has since shut down. Yeah. Um, because I can't picture it. If, if memory serves, the, the owner and operator of the theater uh, became the, the general manager of I.O. for a time. Oh. He decided that that was a little more important than this, like, small room in Andersonville where right. he would do indie shows. Sure. Um, I could be making that up. I don't have a good memory, but yeah. it sounds right. Right. That sounds like something that would make sense. But yeah, we, we did it for our senior project, uh, which meant that we got, That's we got so to take, dope. we basically got to take like two months off of classes at the yeah. end of senior year, yeah. uh, to just go to a coffee shop, uh, and fuck around. We would like, we'd also, I hope my mom doesn't watch this. We would like smoke weed in the middle of the day yeah. for like inspiration. Right. Um, and then just like drive to Chicago to just people watch and think of ideas. We were wasting so much time and we got an yeah. A on it. It was, it was the best class I ever took in high school. Yeah. Huge regret of mine that I didn't do that. Cause I remember distinctly thinking like, you know, I got this whole summer to kind of dick around why don't I like spend the time with like my good friends in school and I'm never going to be here again. But it's not like I remember those last three weeks anyway. And I also would, at that point I was starting to just drive to school. Um, and I would leave, go to Tommy Holcomb's because he was doing glass blowing as his senior project. Um, and I would just go smoke weed at his place and then go back to school. And he was just like, all right, peace, man. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) He just gets to stay here. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Patrick Richwine, Alex Haft, Paul Slocum, and I think Owen Deutsch, or maybe it was just those three, they recorded a an album, a music album, and I think they were like, let's just make our goal to write a single, and like that's all it was. They One ended song? Up, <laughs> yeah, I think they ended up being like, well, maybe do like two or three no, like, okay. So they just had to come up with like a few songs and they were basically just jamming and smoking every day. I was like, fuck me. That was real dumb. Hey, it's, it's on-site learning. 
Right. It's really experience is so much important than textbooks. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Though I didn't know that I wanted to do comedy back then. Did you already know? Uh, that was kind of that project actually was uh, the decider, I guess, because I'd been in uh, in Harold and Maude for a right. few years, our long form group. Right. Um, and you know, it was my favorite part of the week was, you know, going there and doing improv. Right. But it wasn't until uh, we started this and we had this idea that it, it really clicked for me. Like I could do this for the rest of my life and not get tired of it. Right. So I do blame that for <laughs> yeah. for I my blame, bad decisions. I blame Emily. I yeah. blame the city of Cleveland. Of course, you know, can't that the Browns is just revenge for <laughs> for my bad decisions it's the yeah. universe punishing them for me doing comedy yeah for pursuing my dreams they never get theirs yeah <laughs> were any of the sketches actually like have you gone back are any of the sketches actually good or are you They're fucking like i'm i'm glad you asked that because we we did like a read through of all of our old scripts yeah. and they are fucking gold are they really? really help they hold up that's awesome like, in a surprising way do they have a theme uh, you could tie a theme together afterwards, which is like, you know, I guess growing up, exploring the world. Sure. Um, but it, it's, it's, they're so pure in that there's no, like, there's no angle we're trying to work. We're not trying to like make a statement or have an edge. It's yeah. just pure creation of like, it would be funny if I dressed up in a hamster suit and pretended, pretended to be your, your, you're like an eight-year-old girl. I'm a hamster. I think I'm like a, a prisoner of war, and you're carrying me around. Uh, it doesn't sound that funny when no, I'm that, saying it, it on a podcast eight years a, later. It's but. immediate comedy, and that's something that you don't have to worry about aging poorly, making fun of hamsters. Exactly. You know, it's an easy target. <laughs> They're very small. They can't talk. Right. That's awesome. Does she do comedy? Uh, somewhat. She's more into into music now. Uh, yeah. She has a band in Brooklyn. Um, uh, Ash Jesus. I'll shout him out. Look him up Ash on Instagram. Jesus. Yes. So like Ash from Ashenden. Yes. Uh, and she's also she's doing uh she she facilitates karaoke, and mm -hmm. has gained a small following for that for her karaoke shows. She's gained a following from karaoke shows. She has, and I, again, this is this may be me fantasizing that she has like people lining out <laughs> up, out the door. I've never I'm been, not... but I saw her singing karaoke once, and there were people <laughs> cheering her on. So I can only assume. Yeah, but uh, she's she's doing karaoke. She has nice. a band. She's uh she's in a um like a, a social distancing wrestling league. Which, I saw that, and yeah. it was like on an actual publication. Right? Yeah, the New York Post had an article what about it, and she was like in right. the like the the thumbnail. Um, I gotta look at that because you know I don't get how you uh, wrestle social distance, but that sounds hilarious. It's it's all about the energy, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. the charisma. That's what the WWE has to do. Have you seen the WWE? Just the fact of how awkward their performances are right now with no fans. Oh, I imagine, because that's that's the whole thing is the crowd. Right. Yeah, and now it's just sweaty dudes in in um you know, really tight clothes 
just staring at each other for extended period of time to silence. It's really weird. It looked like that's awkward. I'm not a WWE fan before. I don't like hate it, but I just like watched a clip of it and I was like, yeah, if this was what it was presented to wrestling fans as now, I don't think anyone would follow it. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, cause that's, I, I did, uh, I've gone to one WWE event in my life Where at? It, it, at the Rosemont arena. Nice. Uh, I think like two years ago or so, uh, I got free tickets through, uh, through Andrew Miserobian. Um, and we went and it is like, it's, there's such this culture around it. Right. And it's, it's so big on like the audience interaction and right. the, the energy from the audience. And I remember so clearly there were these like, like snobs behind us, like WWE super fans yeah. who like think that everything's shit now. And, I just remember, I remember like during the middle of a match, just the guy behind me goes, you know, he just wants to be stone cold, but he's not stone cold. <laughs> I'm like, every, every fandom has that guy. Yeah. Who's just, who thinks that he's too good for all of it. Yeah. I feel like it's like whenever you just joined the thing and fell in love with it, and it probably has to do with like being a kid too, also like being enamored, just kind of like the nostalgia of it. But like, yeah, like baseball can barely even change a thing without their old curmudgeonly base just being like, oh, you're yeah. like, you're changing everything. It's like nobody watches a sport besides you guys. Like, we gotta <laughs> get other people involved if you want this to be a relevant league. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, my, my, my dad's one of those grumpy old men. Right. Um, cause I'm, we're, we're Sox fans. Uh, even so we, Oh yeah. Uh, we, we grew up with Paul Canerco being our, our guy. And I don't think he ever smiled in his life. No. Like he, he, yeah. it, he was of the opinion that like baseball should not be fun. <laughs> it, it's my yeah. duty. Right. It's not, you know, like the, the most you would ever get out of him is like him raising his arms when he had a, like a grand slam in the world series right yeah. that's the most emotion <laughs> yeah. he ever showed was that grand yeah. slam just personally won a world series for the first time in like 80 what was it 86 years i think or something at the time uh, 80 84 86 i'm not yeah. sure and uh yeah he's just like nice yeah <laughs> well done paul <laughs> yeah all right fucking keep it together here bro. yeah he's, he's very much like the tim duncan of our team just, yeah. He was around forever. He never smiled. Right. You don't know if he does anything outside the sport. Like, he just sits in a dark room until his next game. Does he shop for $5 jeans at Target? <laughs> I love that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty great. Um, yeah, but it's kind of ridiculous right now how, like, like baseball won. They might not – they'll be, like, the one league that doesn't return because the owners – have you seen anything about it? I've I've been following it a little. I don't trust anything that so they, I read. They basically want the players already gave a concession of money yeah earlier, but now the owners are saying that they're losing way more money than they thought before, which is probably true because it's gotten worse, but they refuse to show them the financials to explain why they now have to get rid of the soft cap, put a hard cap on for at least this year, but who knows maybe more and do a complete 50-50 revenue split with the players and owners, which is like what other leagues do, but that's not how baseball is set up. That's why they have those crazy salaries. And yeah. 
basically they're just like, yeah, you just have to trust us that we're losing this amount of money and then go out and you be the ones who risk everything and be away from your family completely for this amount of time. It's like, it's just a shitty look by baseball. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a long string of shitty looks. Right. And then I'm not surprised. They have the whole, Oh, we police ourselves, but then you have a world series champion clearly cheating and they're like, well, you know, God, Man, like when Manfred called the, the, the World Series trophy just like a piece of metal. Yeah. Like, why would I punish anyone over a piece of metal? Yeah, it's like, that is the rational thing to say, I guess, if you're just like a person, but not you're if you're the, to be commissioner. the commissioner. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to be the it's person also, that shows this irrational passion for sport. Like, yeah, yeah. you could completely dismiss everything in sports by being like, oh, it's just guys playing a game it's like but it also has billions of dollars and millions of followers it's like you yeah. can't just dismiss it all of a sudden yeah it should matter to you more than anyone any you, you should take it the most seriously and the fact that like if they don't like reach a consensus and you know baseball doesn't happen this year right like alex cora will just come back next year with no punishment yeah like they'll they'll consider it time sir so true that's, that's so dumb yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're hey, totally just getting away with, yeah. I was hey, really looking forward to that. I hate the whole bean people because we police ourselves. It's like, eh, maybe come up with some rules as to when it's appropriate. You're oh, throwing yeah. A huge ball, you're throwing a ball 90 miles an hour at a dude's face. Um, but I was looking forward to them getting beaned all year with how cocky they were about like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back. It's like, maybe apologize first before you're like, yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah, fuck those guys. I mean, I really, I was most looking forward to to people throwing at Jose Altuve because yeah. it's like five five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a hard target to hit. I was looking forward to those dodgeball matches. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you just you deserve to hit him if you can hit that target. <laughs> yeah, and he's so wily, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just him, like completely scrunched over, like uh, is it John Hader or Nick Swartzen in bench warmers? Where he's like trying to create the smallest strike zone possible. I haven't seen that. Where did so, that reference come from? <laughs> That's a throwback. Damn. Yeah. Good film. Um, yeah. So, I like, I've just got so much of the, uh, the George Floyd shit on my mind. And so it's just whenever like, um, uh, a thing comes up where it's clear we have to have a conversation as a country and we ask people like Obama or celebrities to like talk about it. Their answer a lot of the times is just like, I'm really glad we're having these conversations. We should have these conversations more often and we really need to start a dialogue. It's like, who, like, who are these conversations had between how is that going to change anything? Like I'm talking to a buddy of mine right now, but we're both just like, yeah, man, this is really bad. Yeah. What does that do? Yeah, we're not having these conversations with cops. Right. You know, we're not having this conversation with the fraternal order of police. Yeah, and literally there's five people, I think, were around videotaping that cop, talking directly to him as he's Mm -hmm. doing it. That's like the example where you're like, there's no way this would still happen. But nope, still happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because, like, the onus of civility is completely on 
you know, the protesters. Right. And it's, it's their job to, to be polite um, yeah. and to follow orders and, you know, not break anything, yeah. not cross the line. Like how, how do you affect change, you know, yeah. by asking please and saying thank you? And it's, it's not it's, like they don't try beforehand. It's not yeah. like it's just always a riot first thing. It's like athletes speak out. I can't breathe. Kneeling for the anthem. Just every single way that you can protest peacefully has happened over and over again. And it's always then misconstrued purposefully by the people who are trying to demean it. Oh, yeah. The most, not the most frustrating thing, but a really frustrating thing to me is the white people, like sometimes I feel weird posting on social media about this stuff. A lot of it seems virtue signally to me. A lot of it also is just like, you're saying some stuff that you don't really have the experience to talk on, or you're almost like making people feel bad that you feel bad that you're white. Like that, like sometimes it feels less like you're being an ally and more just like, don't look at me. Yeah. But then the white people who didn't have anything to say about the murder and now they're commenting like, well, can't you do it peacefully? These riots are undermining what you said. It's like, you can go fuck right off. Yeah. I'm all for you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But if you're all of a sudden like, well, I will talk about protests, suck a dick. Yeah. That's like fucking God forbid Target takes a loss. Right. You know, Target that is. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. Like, I. Target's bottom line. I've seen some videos of like small businesses getting torched and things from like not really from this one, but from like past yeah. protests. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that sucks. Cause maybe they don't have insurance too, you know, but like mm -hmm. target, they're going to get all that money back. They'll be able to build a more efficient target. Yeah. It sucks yeah. that it burned down and it's not a positive thing, but almost, I almost feel the only reason we're still talking about this is because there's a video and because of the riots, if not probably would have just been another thing they swept under the rug. Because they literally, the autopsy report said it isn't attributed to this uh, choking. It said a combination of the officers um, restraining him, his heart condition, and any potential intoxicants he had in his system. What the fuck? I'm like, that. I understood when the mayor was like, or it wasn't the mayor, it was the governor, when he was saying, or no, sorry, it was the attorney general of Minnesota. He was saying that we needed this time to actually get a solid case that isn't going to fumble the moment we try to charge him. Because then if you do that too early and you don't have enough evidence, you lost the whole thing. Yeah. That makes sense. And it happened in like under four days. That's really fast. Even though it doesn't seem like it on Twitter, that's really fast. But, oh my God. To, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's just like all I can think of. And I like want to drive to Minnesota and, do something but there's yeah the, chicago's been uh surprisingly silent like where are the protests i've seen a couple there there is one i think today going on but yeah you know it's not like anything it's not like the city has stopped yeah and of course i say that as someone who hasn't left my house since this started but... i mean that, my mom has autoimmune disorders you know i yeah i finally hung out with my friends for the first time and three months like this past week and finally said like all right like i gotta still live my life a little bit but mm -hmm. i 
I don't want to go one to a place where there is potential looting and rioting, and I don't want to go to a public gathering of a bunch of people that have been in public gatherings now for multiple days. Like, yeah, it sucks, but I just we still don't know enough about the disease. Yeah, man, things just keep getting worse. Yeah. In more creative ways. Did you see that a monkey stole a COVID blood sample from a lab and then went across an electrical wire and like stole it and escaped? What? Where? What I'm is this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it was, but a monkey or chimp or something stole a covid blood sample i'm not sure if it was like an antibody or if it was like straight up a sample of the blood that they were testing <laughs> monkey steals blood i was <laughs> <laughs> oh, in india that makes more sense okay but still i mean that that's actually where you'd want to be more worried that it happened in a way oh yeah good that luck finding that monkey in india the population's so dense. Right. Goddamn. Steals COVID-19 blood samples from a lab, lab technician in India. Wow. Yeah, th three patients that were infected with COVID stole their blood samples. Well, fuck. Yeah. And it might have started um, by a bat, like secreting or something on a person in a lab like i don't know yeah i i try to limit myself to like 15 minutes a day it's a good call reading about covid yeah it's, i go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like like yesterday i was just i i couldn't stop like reading about the protests and right you know all the fucking camera crews getting arrested and shot at and yeah louisville and all those places and right i was just i was working myself up so much just yeah. like pacing around my apartment angry and i'm like i gotta calm down like i gotta watch some netflix or something <laughs> yeah and I, I threw on waco which was the worst decision <laughs> it's like even more abuses of power yeah you know by our law enforcement you can't escape it yeah shit yeah i threw on training day um <laughs> <laughs> similar but in the opposite direction right yeah that's funny yeah i've got to start a blog i think just so that i don't feel the need to like post on facebook when shit like this happens so that was literally all i was doing i was like i don't want to just post on facebook the same thing that everybody's saying and then i saw yeah. a trump tweet when the looting starts the shooting starts and i was just like all right i gotta say something and just get it off my chest so i don't scream in my apartment yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've stayed off Facebook with that kind of thing just because my rationale is like, first of all, I, no offense to everyone who, you know, feels like they really need their thoughts to be heard on it. But I also don't feel like I have anything novel to say that hasn't already been said over and over. Right. Um, and also, I don't have any, I probably do, but I don't have anyone who's like reading my Facebook posts who's reasonably in opposition. I have, and I'm not going to name their names because it's not a good look, but I have a few friends that are Trump supporters and that I know, not in this situation, like I was confident that they were going to be on the right side of this situation, but I just wanted to kind of make sure they weren't 
being like the protests are worse than the actual thing. So when I wrote those, I had those few friends in mind where mm -hmm. I kind of, because Trump also like did a, uh, an executive order on Twitter about how they're uh, banning yeah. right-wing voices more often than not. And like, that does happen, but I was just like basically extending an olive branch so that it starts for my few friends that I know I was trying to talk to, they ease into it and then they see a logical analogy and then they did exactly what I thought they would do. They reached out to me over text and we actually had a long conversation about it, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it, like I was just, I didn't want to just say the same. I didn't want to just share a post that it was like, yeah, like everybody's saying this. It, you don't need a white guy to tell you it to. And I mean, yeah, that's, that I think is the best outcome right. is like those posts lead to private conversations. Right. Um, I just, I don't think that there's anything I could reasonably put on my Facebook wall that, that would do that sort of thing. True. Yeah. And if you're going, I could have, I could have just reached out to them individually, you know, but I was worried they'd feel like, you know, attacked by it and be defensive, but mm. whatever. I'll start a blog. Do you have a website? Uh, I did. I stopped paying for GoDaddy, so I think it's down now. Right. Um, is GoDaddy yeah. good? I always forget no. that they actually make websites. No, it's not. It's yeah. cheap though and easy. I gotta get a new one. I was gonna. I'm, I've been looking at Squarespace. Um, yeah, and I've just started tinkering with it, but I don't know. There's also a few people that make websites for comedians that are comparable prices, and then I don't have to make it yeah 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 but that's me i'm not good at presenting my stuff like i just now made the instagram for the podcast and i've been doing this since august well yeah turns out that this social media stuff is pretty good for uh for for distributing your comedy yeah i've heard um, this thing tiktok has more viewers than anybody on it yeah <laughs> what's that it's about clocks or something yeah, they tell time. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> to cut Just, that. Do you watch? Yeah, don't cut your company. I'll cut the joke. <laughs> Have you seen any TikTok? Are you on it at all? Uh, I My problem is uh, my TikTok, for whatever reason, only shows me uh, like teenagers from Arkansas making jokes about trucks. Oh. I, I, unless I like deliberately search for something yeah. all i get is just like teenagers from the south i have no reason why that's what my curated feed is huh. but uh yeah it's that's... not it's not that crew of like uh charlie and dixie d'amelio and the other teenage boys i think they're in a it's called a something house they all live no. in a house together in la and just make tiktoks and millions of dollars no i don't get that i it's not in my TikTok as much, but I clicked on like a couple of them in my Instagram discovery thing. And now it is all I get. It is just, uh, and it's mainly actually the teenage boys that are doing their like, I'm acting as sexy as possible by putting in as little effort as possible mm. and doing a dance. Also a huge joke. I don't know if it's just, the new gener or the younger generation is so not homophobic that they just are kissing each other and that's the joke just 
because they think it's silly or if they're legit like isn't that funny we're acting gay like they just they're like looking at each other and then they go real close and they're about to kiss and then they laugh and end the tiktok and i'm like i is it funny because you guys aren't gay and you're about to kiss yeah i i i like to think that 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 is something that's just been deep inside them for a long time yeah and now that they have the platform to express it right they're almost they're a little ready more comfortable to, yeah almost ready to reveal it one day yeah one day they'll take it offline yeah but for now they can only express their love in front of millions of in people front of all their millions of followers you know you've actually got the quaff going a little bit but they really okay oh uh, i would shave everything behind it and just leave that quaff <laughs> just a just a crop of hair yeah and then what you do front and center yeah what you do is you kind of fuck with it at the beginning of the video look as if you're fixing it but really it just it stays exactly how it is because it's this big quaff of hair and then you Oh, I want to make these videos myself, but I don't know if people are going to understand that I'm making fun of it or if I'm just an ugly 25-year-old trying to do the same thing. <laughs> the, the lines get blurred when you try to parody something. And also because all their followers are like the kids I work with at my elementary school. I'm like, <laughs> they'll legit just be like, okay, I don't think yeah. this guy should be doing these videos. Oh, yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. Being a Being a... Are are you a teacher? I'm a para pro. So You're a para not, pro. Yeah. Okay. I don't lesson plan. I work like one on one with the special needs kids in the class. Yeah. 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 You do. You got to be careful about what blows up. Right. You know. Yeah. That's why I'm making Jack's tap seem as unprofessional as possible, so we can really <laughs> keep the lid on it. Of course. Yeah. But keep it below. What's What's your follower count at? Um, it's hard to tell because. I'm on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Okay. And uh, iTunes and um, SoundCloud don't really give me like a subscriber number, but they give me the listener number. And then YouTube and Spotify are better on it. But it's anywhere from like 40 to 50 people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I say once you get to like 10K, that's when you should start to worry. So we got a little bit of a buffer here. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Before the kids see it. Yeah. Before it reaches the youth. Right. They, they did ask me, because now all we can do is Zoom calls mm -hmm. with the kids. So I'll hop in the class one just because I, I live alone and I want to see people. Um, so I'll join the, the call. And one day I was just like, why am I not using my microphone, my headphones, and my camera when it's literally just staring at me? And a kid complained that they couldn't hear me or something with the computer microphone. So the next day I brought in all this stuff and I was just, you know, using it. I didn't bring it in. I just used it. And they were like, why do you have a microphone? I was like, shit, shit. <laughs> Your cover's blown. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have a podcast. They're like, oh, he has a podcast. And I, they didn't ask any questions about it. So I don't think they cared. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's the right response for a kid. Yeah. What were kids listening to podcasts? <laughs> They're like, oh, is it like Joe Rogan? Yeah. <laughs> and an eight-year-old just firing up some Malcolm Gladwell, you know? <laughs> I love NPR. Oh, uh, yeah. Get some, get some Dan Carlin on. I want to learn about World War I. <laughs> yeah, they love those Making a Murderer podcasts. Honestly, I feel like that might actually be 
a dem a growing demographic is like kids getting into true crime because it's everywhere it's yeah you know yeah and i mean to them it just kind of seems normal for me i'm like jesus we're showing like this is something that people want to watch you know yeah but hey for kind of yeah for for a select few it's an instructional video right you know yeah do you watch true crime uh somewhat i uh i i did making a murderer um you did it i did it yeah <laughs> i did make a murder <laughs> uh is that i forget the second season of that was like this dude clearly murdered the person right but i did not watch the second season okay but the first one actually is kind of in question right yeah it's 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 one of those where it's like no one looks good right um so it's really it's hard to to suss out who's like i don't know just watch it i don't want to to cast but is it like anyone is it like gory or is it just creepy it's it's more creepy yeah more creepy than gory i still don't know which i like which i can handle more i think it's kind of like my favorite horror movies are the more just kind of creepy thrillers like the shining or get out yeah get out you could almost say isn't a horror movie but it's basically my line is like get out was awesome one of the best movies i've seen in theaters for a while but when i saw the preview for us i was like can't can't do that that, you that didn't lady no i couldn't it, mm-hmm. lo- it looked like it took it to the next level of like now this shit is gonna fucking scare you and i can't do that you're not a you're not a scary movie guy no there's a Sca- line Scary Movie 3 scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know why. Really? I don't even remember what it was. Oh, God. Yeah, Are but that's how much of Are they still making those? I remember it, like, branched off into Epic Movie. And, right. Like, yeah, they probably just kind of changed the franchise of it, but still do it. I know they, they they still make spoof movies like nonstop, like the Waynes Brothers. They did that uh, Haunted House one, and I think they did yeah. another one like that. Yeah. Bring them back. The Waynes Brothers? Bring back the Waynes Brothers. I want them in the mainstream. There's um, so many of them, so I don't remember <laughs> which one this was. Um, it wasn't uh, Marlon or Damien. I think it was Tony, if there is a Tony Waynes. He did a really funny bit where he was doing like uh, a graduation speech over zoom to just the graduating class at large and it just seems all normal and then he stands up and it's just a blurred out giant cock <laughs> he's like all right and he's like hey son how do you turn this off and then the son comes over he's like dad no 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 it's like they play it perfectly so it feels really real and it's yeah like, they seem like a good family you first initially are annoyed that it's an entire family of famous people, but I think each of them are kind of funny and have done successful things. Oh yeah. And they, they've stuck together, you know, right. There's no feuds, right. You know, no fracturing. How many of, did you ever watch in loving color in loving color in living color? I did not. That's the one that had the Wayne's brothers, Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx on it. Yeah. I'm familiar. Right. I wonder how I forget how many of the Wayne's brothers were on that. I think it was two of them. Yeah. Did you watch uh Dave at all on Hulu? No, I've I'm I know I'm a fan of Lil Dicky, so I feel guilty about not watching it. There's just so much on my plate. Yeah. 
in terms of watching not in life but, um. right yeah no there is too many things um but uh he had a funny bit where uh chloe kardashian one of them says not kim was at a party of celebrities and he like has a legit conversation with her he's just like so how do you feel about like your whole family becoming the most like famous group of people. And she's like, well, I'd rather do it together than alone. Right. He's like, it's a very poignant take on it. I was like, that's actually the first take on it that I've heard where I actually kind of like the Kardashians. Yeah. A line that Lil Dicky wrote for her to say. <laughs> yeah. She showed up for 20 minutes that day. <laughs> Sit on set and make her whole family look good. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But that show is super impressive because apparently his goal and he's viewed himself as a comedian instead of a rapper this whole time, but he recognized that his rap was his greatest skill far and away. So he just kind of went gung ho on becoming Lil Dicky, getting famous. And now that he is and he has his platform, he showed acting chops, his writing chops, you know everything in this and it was so fucking impressive because the whole thing is it's called dave and he's trying to get away from little dicky and the end of the season it doesn't spoil anything it's just it ends with him basically rapping and saying i am and then it just cuts and says dave you know and then it's the end of the season it's like wow uh, yeah. what like perfect writing to have the whole season culminate and like that's who i am Still this great rapper, still that little dicky, but like I'm Dave. And now it'd be so impressive if he's more known as granted, I don't know his last name. Oh yeah. Dave is all you need. Yeah. That's the message, is you don't need to know. Lil Dicky Dave. Lil Dicky Dave. Yeah. I do he's he's had some super impressive features, I gotta yeah. say, on his albums. Right. Like Hannibal Burris and Snoop Dogg on the yeah. same album. Never yeah. thought it would happen. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to show that he just kind of gets it, you know? Yeah. And also it's impressive because, like, other rappers respect him and they'll put him on uh, their tracks. Oh, yeah. Because he does. He has he has his flavor. Yeah. You know, you, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Right, and it's um, not like he's just uh, Weird Al Yankovic. He's actually making his own thing and showing he can do it like freestyle. Yeah, no disrespect to Weird Al, though. No disrespect. You know, true I OG. I still know uh, the lyrics to Amish Paradise better than I know Gangster's Paradise. I know the lyrics to uh, uh, the, the Star Wars Bye Bye Miss American Pie Right. way better than the actual song. Yeah. That's crazy that he came up with an even more white person anthem than uh, the original song itself. <laughs> that really is. I, I've. That's like a, a section of America or Americana that is just so preserved in glass. That song where it's just it's it's all of it. It's trucks. It's American right. Pie. Yeah. It's you know white people doing black music. It's it's just everything. <laughs> A guy with not that great of a voice, um, just kind of more talking loudly instead of singing in a way. Yeah. 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 That and um Sweet Caroline, I think are I think are probably like the two main just like white like I'm so embarrassed to be that's the time I feel embarrassed to be white is when I'm out at a bar and that song comes on 
and I look around at the different minorities in the room that are just like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah. That and um, and All-Star, Smash Mouth. Yeah. I think that's like our generation, yeah, a little bit more Sweet of a Caroline. Color. Yeah. Right. Apparently, they wrote that song with the specific purpose to sell it to Nike. Um, really? And Nike didn't want it, so they ended up selling it to Gatorade. Huh. Like, Gatorade reached out. And they were like, yeah, we'll sell it. Like, we only made this for money. And I'll never forget. And it's their most popular song. I'll far. never forget that famous Smash Mouth Gatorade commercial. <laughs> the rocketed all-star to, to the number one hit of the century. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, they clearly didn't make the money off the commercial. <laughs> uh, they really, man, you go back and watch Shrek. First of all, it holds yeah. up. 100%. Shrek and Shrek 2. Shrek 2 a little less so because they got too many pop culture references. But it's got a better soundtrack, though. Oh, yeah. So that makes up for it. The soundtrack of both movies is just, like, so ingrained in my, like, in my nostalgic brain. Back when um, you could only do CDs in cars, I had uh, um, the Beatles Love Album and uh, the Shrek 2 soundtrack always in there there were other rotating ones but like those were the two staples it was the beatles and shrek too i i yeah i remember my brother my older brother's friend made me like a mix cd because that was something people used oh yeah i like a thousand of them floating around with a little sharpie on the front you know with the track list you have to go to office depot and buy some cds and you write too big, but you already started in Sharpie, so the end of the song title is completely right. cut off. Yeah, then you um, realize, I don't need to write the whole fucking song title to understand what it is. I'm going to be listening yeah. to the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but I realized after listening to it that half of it was just music from Shrek and Shrek 2. <laughs> like, All Star was on it, uh, yeah. Live in La Vida Loca. Yeah. Um, there was one other, what was it? What's the one where they're like, I need a hero. I think that was on it too, yeah. What's the name of that song? Just holding on for a hero? I couldn't tell you. I know the montage that it's attached to. Yep, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know the artist or the name. I can picture the grandma fairy right now. Oh, God. Those movies, man. Yeah. That That is, like, like... super impressive, too, because they they made, like, a fairy tale... Like, they made the most popular fairy tale after every other fairy tale existed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that was, like, the the point of view was, like, just kind of saying fuck you to Disney a little bit. Yeah. Um, And also having a much better message at the end. Yeah. No, she was beautiful the whole time. You're expecting the, great, she's going to be hot again. And then it's like, oh, okay. And that's just your character? Cool. And they do, they do such a good job of kind of peppering in the, the teaching moments without, like, hitting you over the head. Right. Like, I'll never forget the scene of, like, Shrek and Donkey looking at the stars, and Shrek is talking about how everyone just assumes he's this bad guy because he's an ogre. And he goes, right. they judge me before they even get to know me. And you're just like, Shrek, they judge me too. That was a great Mike Myers. Thank you. I... I I had a one of my favorite improv shows I ever did. It was a class, not a show. I don't know why I would lie about that, but um, you know, make my I, fifty followers think you're a little bit cooler. 
Yeah, but God forbid someone in that class sees it and knows I'm a fucking fraud. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, gonna uh, post this on your your uh, team's page. But I, I I got to play Goth Shrek in an <laughs> improv class, which was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. How? Um, what's the difference between Shrek and Goth Shrek? Is there a voice at all, or did you just act gothic with the voice? It's just pure goth with the Shrek voice. Cool. Just life is pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i thought I'm of a bad keep yeah i thought of a bad layer joke but we'll we'll move on the uh i remember making cds back in the day itunes would only let you use the same song like a certain number of times on different cds and really? yeah because i remember that i distinctly it was like a lot you know it was like 10 like who would put the uh -huh. same song on 10 cds i think basically it was so you couldn't buy an album and then just copy it over and over and over again and then sell it, you know, yeah. but it, instead it hindered me from putting Usher's yeah on a 12th CD. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That was, that was a bar mitzvah hit. Yep. That was An absolute banger of the bar mitzvah scene. That's exactly when I was putting it on all those CDs. God damn that. And the, the early Lil John songs that all kind of blend together. Right. That, Soldier Boy and Lean Like oh, a Cholo man. are the are like the four songs I remember the most. I'll never forget seventh grade, <laughs> like them playing Soldier Boy over the speakers and everyone getting up and doing the dance. The first one I went to, I had no idea what the song even was, and I've never felt more embarrassed. <laughs> Just having all these Jewish white tweens start doing this and me being like, I. I don't know what we're doing. I just started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. I had a similar experience where it was like, I think someone was playing it on the bus and everyone was doing it and I hated being left out. So I went home and I looked up a YouTube video on right. how to do the dance. Yeah. I came back strong the next day. Imagine growing up now, though, where it's literally all dances. Oh, yeah. Every kid's form of entertainment is a quick dance, which... These dances are hilarious with how bad they are. They're literally just object work of what you're saying. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. It's just miming to music. Yeah. Like, it'd be pretty cool if they were just coming up with dope dances, but it's literally like, I'll eat you up, go over. It's like, all right, we, yeah. we got it. You're just doing charades. And they're doing all those videos in front of, like, their dying grandparents. <laughs> oh, God, have you seen those? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother aspect of TikTok. God, just imagine drifting off into the void while watching your shithead thirteen year old grandson. Yeah. Fucking dancing. And just being like, I wish I died thirteen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. God. What a disappointment. I wonder what the thing will be when we're grandparents on our deathbed to be super disappointed in our grandkids about. I don't think they're gonna be worrying very much about the old people at that point. I don't think, think there's so? going to be very many people getting to their deathbeds. Just because uh, everyone's going to keep living? Uh, just because we're all going to die. <laughs> like, there's not going to be hospitals when I we're see. that old. I see. It's going to be an apocalypse. Yeah, I got where you're going That's now. what, it, yeah. Society will idea. collapse bef between then and now. Exactly. Okay. I can get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as it means I don't have to deal with them telepathically doing charades with me before I die. That's fine by me. 
I mean, it does feel like, you know, we're, we're kind of amping it up. You know, we're, we got the foot on the gas towards complete unrest and yeah. collapse. The, the whole COVID thing really peels back just the idea that uh, society is kind of just held together by a few threads. And, yeah, and toilet paper. Right. Haircuts. Yep. Right. Police brutality. That's the three yeah. things that we need. As you can see, I said I'm not going out like you, Keegan. Just oh, yeah. A, just took a buzz right to it. I respect that. I, I could never. Yeah. I mean, it helps to uh, not leave your apartment for three months so nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have the confidence to go out like this just like once life starts again. Whenever that may be. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. This is kind of a downer. About, yeah, well, hey, I was ready to make fun of some youth, and you said that uh, society's going to collapse. Yeah, I just brought it right back. That's my bad. <laughs> you know, we, we, we had our, our serious moment earlier in the episode. Right, I was ready to keep it in the past. A hey, rule of threes, there's one more coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's how we got to end. <laughs> <laughs> we have a quick uh, switch. Yeah. Um, when you and Emily write a sketch online what's your what's your process do you have one uh well our original process was get high go to target um i would like wheel her around in the in the shopping cart and we would just go through all the aisles and just pick out shit that we wanted to use as a prop and then write a sketch around that prop to justify us buying stupid shit we don't need. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it was it was very much a utilitarian mindset of like, well, we spent twenty dollars on like a, a fucking bubble blowing set. Right. How are we going to make a sketch out of this? Um. So what we did the last time we had a a, a writing meeting uh, last week, we obviously we didn't want to go to a real fucking target so we just went to target online and looked for some like weird shit that's on there well tchotchkes Um, yeah tchotchkes exactly uh and got a few we have like five solid pitches down nice um that we're we're starting to flesh out i don't want to give anything away of course not can't Um, spoil it i like that process though that's fun challenge it's kind of like throwing out just a random thing in the middle of an improv scene and being like, now we got to make it work. And oh yeah. It you know, you're, fun. you're throwing your hat over that wall. Yeah. Um, and seeing how you're going to get over. But, uh, it was a lot of prop based comedy. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was the result. A lot of physical humor. Yeah. Um, like the hamster suit. Right. That, uh, that one was like $40. That was a bigger purchase than we probably should have made. Um, you couldn't have gotten an off-brand uh, gerbil suit. It was off-brand. That was it. Was the cheapest one they had. What's the most expensive <laughs> hamster suit? You, you don't want to know. And also, it's for it's for very different purposes. It's, yeah. it's not for for kids playing dress. It's not a Halloween costume. Uh. <laughs> it's a little more serious. Uh, a little more washable too. Yeah. Got to get the stains out. Yeah, you got to let it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit more open. Uh, have you ever met a furry? No, I don't think so. Have you? No, but my roommate works with a furry. 
And huh. I really just want to sit down with him. Where do they work? Figure it out. Uh, well, worked at a bar. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, apparently it's more about like the community than it is about like fucking each other in a fursuit. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at its core, that's kind of oh. what it is. Hey, Keegan, you want to come over for an orgy later? Uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm not really into the group sex. It, dude, it is the last thing it's about is the group sex. It's about don't building even a think. community. <laughs> you're not even going to notice. <laughs> well, all you're going to notice is the strong bonds and friendships <laughs> you form with these people yeah, the, who are inside of you. The culture and fellowship is the important <laughs> part. <laughs> not fucking the Tony Tiger in the ass. You know, some days we don't even fuck each other. You know, those are what we, we just call mutually them. masturbate. <laughs> you know, COVID nineteen. We gotta. We're social distancing now. Oh uh, yeah, no, mutual masturbation been, and donuts. We've been wearing gloves. We've been wearing masks. Um, well, the masks. Actually, they, they were already wearing the masks and yeah. the gloves. They were ahead of this whole thing. You know, that's they true. they got their bubble boy suits already. Yeah, that's right. And that whole hamster suit is, you know, a couple of a couple of. Coverings away from a perfect body insulation. Oh yeah, God, I do have that somewhere. I could theoretically somewhere in some box in my parents' house. But uh, yeah, I could I could very easily infiltrate the furry community. Yeah. Well, how about we do like a live stream of that next time, like a watch party of you infiltrating a, a furry party? I, I get a, like a GoPro. Or yeah, something. I right. feel like it would be very easy to hide a hidden camera in a fursuit. They'd also probably be like, oh, don't worry, we got it all on tape. That's true. You can yeah. put that away. We got we got four different angles going. We'll sh we'll, sh we'll, <laughs> we'll share the Google Drive with you later. <laughs> uh, the, the Google furry or Chicago furry community at gmail.com. Yeah. That exists. <laughs> yeah. Someone has that. But uh, that reminds me, I had... Um, one of the weirder shows I've ever done in Chicago, uh, I got involved with it through the annoyance because um, there was like an email that went out and was like, uh, all performers, there's a, you know, a one night only show for the Chicago Funds Society. You get paid $40. F-U-N? Um, F-U-N. Yes. Okay. Chicago Funds Society. It's $40, one rehearsal, one show, uh, and it's a nudist group. So you'll be performing in the nude. Yeah. Um, and, and me and my buddy, you know, we were like, this, this is going to be a good story to tell. You know, we're, we're pretty comfortable with ourselves. Let's yeah. give it a shot. And, and we did it. And uh, it was at this bar that, that did not have the, the, the right stage for improv. It was like just a little corner of a room that was right. elevated. And there were like five of us in the group awkwardly like, huddled around each other trying so hard not to touch each other like brush arms or anything <laughs> yeah yeah and it was just the worst improv i've ever done in my life not because like we were nervous about being naked but just yeah. because like we had performed together once before right uh it wasn't like a comedy crowd yeah um it's more of a nudist crowd yeah who what are the kind of people that show up to a sh like are you buying tickets to that show or is it like an yes. open mic and you're like, Oh shit, there's a comedy show happening and their dicks are out. 
Oh, this was very much planned. Okay. All right, People good. bought their tickets like months in advance. The uh, crowd naked? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's naked. What about uh, like the staff at the place? No, except the staff. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> really, the, 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 when we first like disrobed, it's all the comedians in the back. And it's not just improv. It's like there were some stand-ups too. Um, and it was very much like, okay, on the count of three, yeah. we're all going to get naked. And like in that moment, since everyone was doing it, it was like weirdly comfortable. A sense of community. Like, you know, a sense of community. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like it wasn't until the bar back came back to get some ice from the ice machine <laughs> <laughs> that everyone in the room just instinctually crossed their arms. Yeah. Just right over their junk. It was, uh, that was the silliest part is the clothed people. Right. What, uh, I've got so many questions about that. When you pract when you practiced, were you naked or clothed? Uh, the, the, the organizer. Yeah, it was one practice. The, the organizer asked us if we wanted to do it naked and we all said no. Yeah. Uh, we all said, we're, we're just going to save that. Had anyone um, else done it before? There was one guy, um, he, uh, he, he was, I don't want to say he was the, the least involved in the comedy scene, but he was like, yeah, I, I was a nudist first and I took some improv classes. Uh, the rest <laughs> of us were all like, we're all comedians who want 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> never really had an interest <laughs> in nudism. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, he, we performed together and I, our chemistry was bad, not right. because we were naked, but just because we would never perform together. Um, and had one practice. So that was kind of comforting. That was like, I can bomb just as hard when I'm ass naked. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking closed. about that right now. It's like, if you want to truly not give a fuck on stage, go up and bomb naked. Oh yeah. It was very freeing. Damn. Um, but the reason I brought it up is because uh, the organizer hit us up and was like, hey, I'll give you $80 to do a the same event over Zoom. Just improv Zoom and everyone's naked. And yeah, that was too much. Because you're literally, the whole thing is on tape. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that we He got six solid no's out of that. Yeah. Out of Who, six performers. What's the breakdown like age and sex wise of those performers? Of the it was like I was I think the youngest person. Um few like late twenties, some like thirties. Right. Um and the the I was surprised at the demographics of the, the Chicago Fun Society, actually. Uh yeah, I really expected like it. Everyone likes it. Uh and I expected it to be all dudes, not gonna lie. Right. Um, and it was, to be fair, mostly guys. Mm -hmm. But it was, there were plenty of women there of all <laughs> ages. There were some younger women. There were some younger people who were like good looking and yeah. like not, like, not the people you expect. Like, you expect like fucking like 50 year old hippies. Right. Yeah. Like covered in hair. Right. But there were some people who like obviously went to the gym. Yeah. Um, who I guess we're going to show off. Yeah, I can, yeah. There's a, there's that point too. So they were sitting in seats naked. There were towels. 
Okay. All right. I want to. It, it was right. mandatory. Bring a towel. You had to bring uh, your own towel. You had to bring your own towel because there were like it was packed. There were like ninety people there. Um, Jeez. They yeah, started. That, they took the towels off the chairs and used it to wipe down their sweat. Yeah, it was also very fucking sweaty. That's almost my main concern is just showing. You know, I already look sweaty enough. Now you see, oh, it's everywhere. It's not <laughs> it just, just on the forehead and you can give them the benefit of the doubt. It's it's all over. Yeah, just completely reflective. The light catches you at a weird angle and it blinds the audience. The first comedy show my brother saw of me, he was just like, that, you know, that was great, really impressive. But like, it was so funny just seeing like normal, normal, glistening, normal. <laughs> like, thanks, man. No, yeah. I'm the same. I'm a very sweaty guy. And that's all my, we did uh, pictures for this, this sketch show that I was doing. Yeah. And like everyone got like fresh headshots mm-hmm. and it's just so embarrassing because everyone else is like looking all polished and tan and clean. Yeah. And I'm just like red and glistening <laughs> and I'm smack dab in the middle of the poster. <laughs> and everyone oh, else silly. looks uniform and you're just the red fucking yeah dude in the middle yeah and it's truly like you can see it now it never stops dude i've been questioning whether or not i should be using my good camera on these because at about the hour mark if i'm getting into a bit i start sweating because this is like insulating my ears and yeah yeah i get hot from sitting here (laughs) you know that's funny i decided in this quarantine i was either gonna get back into shape or get really good at cooking uh, I got good at cooking and now I sweat all the time. <laughs> Cause yeah. goddamn, I'm not, I'm so out of shape. Yeah. I started this actually, I was doing, so I had been like working out at a gym for the first time in years. Like every day I was doing it for like a few months before this happened. And then I was like, fuck, all right, I'm going to lose all my progress. But then I decided, I'm like, nope, fuck that. <clears throat> I started doing Push-ups, planks, and sit-ups four times a day, every four hours, 8 a.m., 12, 4, and 8. And I was doing it for like three weeks, and it was great. And then it said we had to stay in April, too. And I think immediately I was just like, oh, I can't do a whole nother month of this. So I just just stopped. It wasn't even like a lack of motivation. I just all of a sudden was like, another month? Nope. Not even going to try a day. Yeah, I I told myself that I was going to start running because it's like – it's the perfect time because all the gyms are closed Yep. Um, and everyone's staying indoors. So you don't have to feel self-conscious about people looking at you, which I think is, you know, the, the, the biggest roadblock I have. Says the guy who did running. comedy with his dick out. That's true. I, see, that's, I'm very prepared to fail on stage because yeah. I've done it so many times yeah, that I'm just good, numb. That's a good point. I, I've never, I've, I wasn't a big sports guy in high school. You knew me. I played yep. tennis a little yep. bit. Right. I, I've, I've never seen people, or I've, I've never had people seen me just truly physically embarrass myself. So I, that's, that's, that's I mean, something that I feel like I need to just do pick up basketball. Mm-hmm. Like at some really competitive court and just get my ass kicked. So I know that that shame and that embarrassment. Right. Um, That's true. But that is a good point about kind of the stage. Sometimes I feel way more comfortable 
like in the moments leading up to it, I'm nervous as shit sometimes. And then the moment yeah. you get on, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Like there's, cause there's like uh, rules and you kind of, it's going to follow a formula to some extent. Whereas just a normal interaction with some dude at the store, I'm like, uh, I don't want to, I don't know. This, I don't know what's going to happen. You, you have that a lot. It's less like, I can't do small talk and more like, oh, there's a, all the guys want to go to this bar and I immediately think of all the shitty things that are going to happen at the bar and how I don't want to be there and how it's probably going to suck and I'm going to want to leave, but then I'm going to feel bad and not leave and I'm just going to be stuck there. So I like automatically just make it into this horrible situation that's going to be bad and that's just normal life and it never is that bad. Like I'm a nice guy that's funny that people (laughs) like to hang out with. And I always have to like remember that by actually being with the people and like, oh yeah, like these are my best friends. And then I'll be going to an open mic and I'll have the same kind of dread and be thinking about how it's going to go badly. But the moment I'm like actually there, I'm just like, yeah, who gives a shit? Like if this goes bad, like it doesn't matter. Like I could go up there and get zero laughs and still feel just as confident in how funny I am or that I can still do it. Yeah, wasn't always that way, but yeah, I've I, I feel the same way in that like I'm so much more anxious just in a crowded bar than I am by myself on stage yeah. in front of thirty people who have not laughed once. Right. Because um, it's like fuck you, you get up here. Oh yeah, and they wouldn't. And it's it's you have so much more power in that situation, I guess. Right. Uh, to to get what you want out of it. Right. It's like, even if I don't fucking bomb, I'm going to try this bit that I wasn't even going to do because I think it sucks. Right. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to get it out of my system. And you've had enough bits bomb that eventually end, end up working mm-hmm. after you've tried it out a couple of times. Yeah. Like you can take exactly. that failure and be like, well, it's still like resonated in a way, or I still think there's something there and it ends up working later. And you're like, yeah, it's just part of the process. Also helps listening to all these podcasts I listen to of comedians that just say like, "Yeah, I still bomb." Oh yeah, I mean that's. I think that that's such an important part of the process right. for just like being comfortable on stage. Yeah. Just getting over stage fright. The only way you can do it is by sucking over yeah. and over. So I'm very, I'm very glad that I have plenty of those under my belt. Yeah, same. I for the first probably two years of performing I would puke before every show seriously yeah it ended up turning into a thing like even like open mics yep yeah which was like I don't know if I can sustain this because it ended up being like I can't eat the day of a show and then it was like all right well then what am I just gonna not eat every day also like the logistics if you're 12th in line you gotta time that out you know, that you don't want to thing. be puking while, while your name's called. That was the thing is it ended up not being like a nervousness thing about like failing. It ended up being like, oh shit, I always puke and I haven't puked yet. I should probably puke now so that I don't puke on stage. So it was almost <laughs> like a mental thing of like, well, you better puke. Otherwise it's going to happen, even though it's never happened. Um, yeah, but now I can like... I host a show in Evanston and I'll order food while it's happening and I can eat in between, like I'll be hosting and I'll run up, introduce a guy, come back, eat, go back up. Like it doesn't matter, but back, 
I was like, I don't know if I can pursue this, if this is going to be what <laughs> happens. Well, I'm glad you got past it. Thank you. And I just want to say, if I was at an open mic and I saw you puke on stage, it would not be even close to the grossest moment I've ever witnessed at an open mic. Which is? Uh, I've seen a couple where people got naked or at least took their tops off. Sure, that wasn't just um, your opener? <laughs> no, it was like, it was the, the IO open mic, which is just. Yeah, I got a, I told a story about a my horrible show. experience with that one before. It's such a mess. Well, I, the very first open mic I went to was the Laugh Factory one. Um, and then I realized you don't even get to go the day of back then. It was for the week ahead. Now it's different. But um, so I was like, shit. Then I went to the IO one. And I thought it started at seven. So first of all, I had to take the L from my parents. So it was purple, red to brown, which is already just, you know, that's not sustainable to do three minutes of comedy. I think they give you or four. Then it's an 8 p.m. sign up. I got there at seven. I forgot or I didn't forget. I didn't know that the sign up was at the front desk and not the room. <clears throat> yeah. So I was hanging in that upstairs bar area, not the downstairs. Um and I st so I was like still like last on the lineup because I was walking in and I was like, hey, so where's the sign up sheet? They're like, oh, it's downstairs. Fuck, been here like an hour. And then I went on at 11.30 or 12 and just did horrible. And then I stayed all the way till the end at one because I felt bad that I was not staying for other people when everyone else just left. Yeah. And then on the L ride home, a homeless woman was laying asleep across from me and gets up, sees me, goes to the corner, takes down her pants and starts peeing so long that at the start, it was like, we just got off. It was a, you know, Belmont or something. And I was like, shit, should I get out and switch cars? And I was like, well, can't last forever. Right. It lasted until the next stop. So oh, I literally man. was like, okay, I'm getting it. <laughs> Damn. How long yeah. was she holding that in? Dude, I don't, I mean, she was asleep the whole ride with me for like five stops. So I could, like, she was asleep when I got on. So she was clearly sleeping for a while. God damn. Yeah. It was a lot. That's impressive. Yeah. That pee yeah. at distance. No, it was, yeah. And it was start because, like, when we were getting to the next stop, um, I just remember, like, seeing it because it was starting to pool out. She went like around that back corner where there's just like the one seat, you know, um, yeah. and like a window and it was just like peeling around the corner. And then we like stopped and it like went in. I'm like, I'm not letting that come right back. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen homeless people piss everywhere. I did see a drunk person piss his pants on the L once. Yeah. I've seen more drunk people. I mean, she might have been drunk, I guess, but I've seen more just drunk assholes just peeing off the side than that. Yeah. He peed like he was uh, sitting down, just started letting was, it go. He was like basically passed out. Yeah. Like not like not even holding his head up, just like slumped over. Yeah. And it was like he, he, was, he clearly wasn't homeless. Like he had kind of nice clothes. Right. Um, and I did, I thought about like just kind of giving him a little shoulder tap. Right. But that is, that's not my place. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck, I just kind of sit in these assuming that nobody pissed on it. But I assume they do. Yeah. I assume all those seats are covered in piss. 
Yeah, just, I guess I'm just trying to like not think about it, but that was, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, that has to happen all the time. Constantly. Yeah. Especially with the fucking like felt seats. Mm. We thought that was a good idea. Yeah. God. It's a comfy material. <laughs> just soaks up all the dust and piss and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they used to have metal ones, but it just kind of pooled there and nobody's coming by <laughs> to clean that. So they're like, let's at least absorb it. Yeah. <laughs> you know we're not going to clean it. Just fucking fill it with sponges. Just sponge <laughs> coverings for all the seeds. Soak it up. Ring it out at the end of the day. If only they could do the same thing that the Chicago Fun Society does and everyone brings their own towel. Dude, how much better of an experience would the L be if everyone had a towel? New York would not have the same outbreak they do now if they just brought towels onto public transit. Bring your own hey. towel. Clothing optional. Yeah, you don't need clothes. Just bring a good towel. Yeah. Something absorbent. Yeah, just need something between your ass and the seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I was actually thinking all those people were just like sitting bare butt on just a bar's chairs. Oh, no. they were The, the towel rule was very strict, too. Right. Yeah. Like, at the door, they would ask you, like, where's your towel? Like, you got to show me a towel. Okay, so at the door, like, where do people unrobe? Are they naked uh, when they show up? No. You, like, we went into the back room. Um, right. But, where but is... like, when it started, like, everyone else, like, was just in the main bar. And they they started clothed. And it was like, it was like New Year's Eve. There was like a countdown. Three, two, one shirts fly off and everyone just strips down so there's just piles of clothes everywhere fuck man um, that is a good community that's an amazing yeah god damn it hey they were very nice you know yeah. no one was creeping on anyone right you know there there was no staring right it was i i have some respect for them yeah i gotta say goes to show when like something that in theory sounds bad, but if you do it just kind of out in the open and you really embrace it and just kind of let the people who want to do it, do it, you know, they're, they show it's like, no, we're not doing this because we want to, you know, just be pervs. It's like, that's just mm-hmm. what we want to do. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Nice. Just like dressing up in a fursuit. Yeah. Just like that hamster thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel weird if I sit on my couch naked because I'm just like, you know, Everybody's sad on it. Yeah, I do. I boxers is my minimum. Yeah, but like also yeah. my maximum sometimes. Yeah, if I'm I home mean, alone, who am I trying to impress? Yeah, where are you living now? Uh, I'm in Lakeview, um, nice. off uh, Irvin Park in Ashland. Oh, dude, I was living there last year. I was at um, um, what's the best one? Grace and Coil. It's like in between the Dairy Queen and the um, oh, okay. the Uncommon Ground. Yeah, so like East Lakeview. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice area. Yeah, it was really nice. Apartment wasn't so much, but uh, we had a garage on a street that was three blocks from Wrigley. So a garage <laughs> and a driveway spot. So every time it was just completely packed street and we just pull real <laughs> nonchalant to the garage. It was the greatest thing ever. Did you ever rent it out? I was going to, but I moved out like right as the season was starting. And um, it was during the summer and I wasn't working 
last summer, I just decided to do comedy full time, um, aka just not work. Uh, and uh, every time there was like a game, I was like home, but was gonna need to leave later, and I didn't want to like get blocked in or block in the person. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm moving in three weeks, so fuck it." But I was wanted to. What about yeah. for it? you could just undercut somebody by like five bucks, and why wouldn't oh, they yeah. go to you? Hey, fifteen dollars a space, right. four spaces reasonably. Yeah, you know, sixty bucks times eighty-one home games. Right. That's that's some serious money. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Well, I'll let them park here now, and then I'll drive them out there for. 40 minutes <laughs> i'm in like Start a bus i'm a little west of rogers park so like as far north oh God, and yeah. west in the city you can be because uh my commute to ramona last year was 45 minutes now it's 15 so okay yeah yeah a little further to get to the, the comedy clubs though i assume it is but i still run a show in evanston oh I'm yeah like 10 minutes from that and then I have my car, and even though I don't have a driveway now, there's really not many people who live right here, so I can park right in front of my uh, apartment, and then I just drive wherever. So it's longer, but I'd rather do a longer drive at, like, 6 p.m. than 6 a.m. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, just as long as I don't have to take that L with the peeing lady. Are you still – can you work from home? Are you um, working from home? I mean, like the teachers are for sure. Like their job is so much harder now, you know, because yeah. they have to come up with all these things, and you know, either parents don't know how to help the kid, or they just like can't, you know, in terms of like there's a single mom who's also working and like can barely even watch her son during this. So, but the parapros job now, at least for me, I work with like three kids in the class. Two of them's parents have just decided it isn't helpful for me to chat with them because it's just like another thing they have to hop on during the day and kind of breaks up their flow. Um, and I can't really do work with them over this. It's just not productive. So it's just me talking to one kid once a day for a half hour. And we're honestly just like talking, you know, I'm making it so he's less lonely. That's kind of nice. Yeah. And myself, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it sucks for the teachers who had to all of a sudden just like become good at creating lesson plans online and everything. And yeah, for figure, no extra pay. Yeah. Figure out how to host a zoom call with 24, eight year olds and not have them. So basically I yeah. have those chats and I'm like, Hey, here's how you can make it. So you can mute them without them unmuting. <laughs> and here's how you can make it. So they don't write all over the things you're trying to show them. Uh, that's basically my job in it but i'm just sitting yeah. here with my microphone hoping they don't look up my podcast <laughs> yeah how do you keep 25 elementary school students focused on math while they're fucking holding ipads or whatever they're yeah. using that's it's, insane they have basically given up on trying to like do instruction with all of them in there at once because that's just like pointless so they come up with videos of instruction that they watch on their own, do it on their own. And then she'll do a couple different chats. There's an 11 AM zoom every day. That's like, here's what you got to do. Here's today's thing. Any questions? All right. Uh, then there's a two o'clock, like come meet 
And if you have any questions, I'll work through it with you. That, so that's what she does. Okay. But yeah, the actual chat, um, you got 24 kids with uh, fake names that are not their own because they're just making jokes. They've got virtual backgrounds. And a lot of times, like, they become the virtual background, so you don't even know who, <laughs> who the fuck it is in the screen. Then they'll turn their camera off and just be gone. And she's like, okay, everybody needs to have their cameras on, you know, like, everybody needs to be here. It's just, like, eight kids that are probably just, like, laying in bed, not even paying attention. And then when the chat ends, they're like, oh, cool. It's like, yeah. there's, no, there's no way to hold them accountable. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. It's hard enough to hold kids accountable as it is. Right. Yeah. Because they're so good at lying. Yeah, dude. My kid, uh, the one that I'm at least still talking to during this, he would always use the excuse of going to the bathroom. And if I would go and, like, get him because it's been, like, 10 minutes, you know, and he just mm -hmm. went to the bathroom 30 minutes ago, he's like, well, I peed earlier. Now it's poop. And it's like, all right, I can't really <laughs> test you on that, you know? I can't, like, go in there, like, let's see you wipe, you know, yeah. let's see the stool. <laughs> No flushing from now on. I got to check. <laughs> yeah. Next time you do it, leave that sucker in there, right? <laughs> catch you in your fucking act. Um, and then I just, you know, make him super triggered over having to poo for the rest of his life. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're, you're, you're forming some, some ideas in their brain, some, some personality traits that's going to stick with them forever. Like you are, you're very much responsible for them as adults as much as them as kids. Right. Yeah. And it's always uh, frustrating because even at the school, you know, we'll have a united front, you know, and, but there's just sometimes you'll see what a teacher's doing and you're like, that doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Like, or a teacher will kind of like call out a kid in front of everybody super loud and make the conversation that should be a personal one in the hallway, like across the room. So all the other kids are like, oh shit, like kind of scared for myself. And that kid is just mortified and embarrassed. It's like, I don't think he's going to be in a good mental space now to really want to do work for you because he likes you. I think he's just going to fear you. Mm. I don't know if that's the best. Yeah. What's that? What's the worst thing you've seen a teacher do? Or can you not disclose? <laughs> I mean, it's nothing like physical. So I would hope not. There's not that. I think it is kind of what I was saying of like, just a teacher kind of not having a sense for how much emotional trauma they're probably causing a kid by just angrily reacting to what they're doing. Especially at an elementary school where, you know, the kids just like, they don't really even understand why you might be mad sometimes just kind of staring at you like confused those yeah. are the moments that always just like feel terrible to me yeah but i mean it's a real good school it's nothing there's nothing where i'm like holy shit i gotta report this you know oh yeah i mean i i would trust will met illinois to, yeah. to vet their teachers right yeah you would hope that out of, if any place can <laughs> get, it, get it right to not have abuse happening it would be a place that has the funding that we have. I think this counts as our third, yeah. our third serious moment. <laughs> Bring it back to child abuse. We got police That's brutality. Great. We got the apocalypse. We got child abuse. What else do you need in this comedy podcast? Hey, Keegan, have you heard that kids now can get infected by Corona? <laughs> Thank God.
God, you know, they've been getting off scot-free while the rest of us suffer. Yeah. They need to spread learn. the love. Yeah, they need to get a little bit of taste of this. Um, yeah. Wow. Do you do you know anyone with corona or who had no. corona? No, just like the celebrities that have gotten it. How about you? Uh, my grandma had it. She's fine now. Really? Yeah, she was. She went into the hospital for uh, for something else for for diabetes related complications. A lot of people with diabetes have been having issues with. Yeah. Um, fortunately, like she never had to go on a respirator or uh, or anything. Uh, she, but she was in the hospital for about a week. She's out now. Yeah. She's doing fine. But yeah, for that week, uh, I was terrified. Yeah. Um, especially because, well, not especially, but my dad was the one who uh, took her to the hospital. So he was exposed to it too. Right. Um, so he was like quarantined in like my parents' house's basement. Right. Um, for like two weeks straight, he didn't leave the basement. So like in my head, I'm just going over like my grandma's going to die and then my dad's going to die. Right. Uh, and then I'm going to live <laughs> and just have to keep going. How um, early on into it was it? This was like beginning of April, I think. Right. So it was like, yeah, the things were really ramping up. Right. Um, Dang. Did your dad then get tested? Like, did No, he didn't qualify at that point Isn't because that there insane? were so few tests. Right. Yeah. It's just, I get why it's changed. Obviously, we have more tests now, but the whole like, don't wear masks. You got to wear masks now. It's like, all right. I get we didn't have enough masks, but probably should have just said wear masks if we need a mask. And yeah. then, you know, don't get a test unless you need a test. Now, like in New York and places, they have more capacity to do tests than people are getting it. And they're like, come on, come get a test. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. we did the not NBA's handle this test. Well. Yeah. All the NBA players are going to get tested every day now. And their families so that yeah. they can go with them. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Did you see uh, July 31st tentative uh, return for the NBA? Yep. And at uh, Disney World? At Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it seems like the NHL has a fucking cool plan to come back. Did you see that? I did. Like yeah. Playing hey. tourney. Hey, Hawks are back in the playoffs, man. I know, dude. Finally. That's so funny. Like, they, uh, I don't think they deserved it. Should probably hey. limit the number of teams you're bringing back, but it'll hey, be exciting. We get, we get playoff Kane. That's if there's any silver lining to a hundred thousand people dying, so we playoff get to watch Kane. Patrick Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if they won it? Oh man, I feel like it has to happen. It has. To I happen. feel like the stars are aligning. Yeah. And everyone's going to be so mad about it on the yep. internet for the right. rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so great, though, because everybody's, oh, like, begging. It's like, hey, my team was in first place. Like, this was our chance. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we could have just said for the rest of time that we would have won. And now, you know, the the, the good teams are going to get buys, so they're going to have less time to, to play. And the Blackhawks are going to get, you know, plenty of practice in to, yeah, to, right. to get the chemistry back up, get it yeah. flowing. Yeah. The Cleveland Cavaliers said, if there's a reopening of the NBA, we want to be part of it. Like, all right, dude. You guys <laughs> we need suck. To see, we need to see playoff Sexton. You got your oh. coach fired because of how bad you guys were. <laughs> he was there for oh, under man. a year. That was, yeah, they're, they're so bad. Yeah. Them and, like, I would love to see the Knicks get in. 
Right. You know, or because they let everybody back, uh, the Warriors who have the worst record in the NBA, Clay's healthy now, Steph's healthy mm-hmm. now, Draymond's less worn out. They got Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> what if they go on and win a play in tournament after they oh, were man. like literally last place? Either way, this is could not have worked better for Golden State. Absolutely. They had injured players that needed to recover and wanted to come back and play this year. If they did, if they didn't let them come back, they look like they're trying. Do you watch The Last Dance? I did. Yeah. It's like uh, when Krauss didn't want Jordan to come back because they wanted a higher pick. That was the start of the fractured relationship. So that could have happened to the Warriors. But now you could have said, no, we were, we let you come back, but there's no basketball. And if they did let them come back, they would have won too many games and not have the best chance at the number one pick. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, this, everything has fallen into place for them, really. Yeah. There's no, there's no outcome where they don't win in some way. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have any kind of acrimony towards the Warriors. Yeah, neither uh, do I. I did. I, it, even when Kevin Durant was on it, I knew that, like, everyone was always going to discount those teams right. because Kevin Durant joined a 73-win team. Right. So there's, there's always going to be a bit of an asterisk. Right. So I, di- I, didn't, I didn't hate it that much. I also like seeing LeBron lose. So Yeah, I mean, you know. it was kind of like – I already had this hatred for LeBron being in the East. So it's like, well, he's the guy I fucking don't want to see win and surpass Jordan. Yeah. And it would be one thing if it was like the Rockets where it's just ISO every time and James Harden is dribbling and like they got Kevin Durant. That's not fun to watch. The Warriors still oh, yeah. like they had all the best players, but they played as if they were the Spurs. It was like, this is dope to watch. Oh, yeah. No, I mean it. I I I think that history is gonna have a complicated relationship with those teams, right? Just because it's always gonna feel, you know, even like even though Boogie didn't win a ring with them, like Boogie taking the the minimum salary right. to play that, there. That started to seem gigantic contract. That started to seem like it was gonna happen like every year, just like oh yeah, the dude who couldn't get quite the contract he wanted, like fuck it, I'll go play on the vet minimum, go to the Warriors, win a championship, yeah. and go. I was like, this better not just be what happens. Oh god, yeah, Kawhi goes there for a year because fuck it, why not? Right. Oh, they were. It was like as if it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to try and get Giannis next year. Yeah. But now that the cap is going to go down because of all the money they lost, they would have to trade like Clay to do that. So thank God that can't happen again. Oh, yeah. That would be awful. Because if all of a sudden they literally just have a younger and uninjured Kevin Durant on that team, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to keep happening for a while. Because that really, the, the one thing that they never really had was just a dominant physical big man. Right. Because, um, I mean, obviously Draymond filled that role on the defensive end, but they never really had anyone, you know, running and, the floor. Right, and you could tell that they could kind of get bodied if, you know, you want to be able to play any team any way possible. And so if all of a sudden you go up against, uh, you know, Tim Duncan and David Robinson, like the Bulls would have back in that, I just went back to the Bulls. But everybody yeah. says that they would have won that championship in the lockout shortened year. But their biggest weakness was they didn't have a big man. And they would yeah. have had to go up against Tim Duncan and David Robinson. <laughs> yeah. The, in the championship. The, yeah, that 
it would have been a great series. And the Warriors lost to the Raptors, who had Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, and who's that other guy that Pascal Siakam? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they they also Injured. lost it without Absolutely. Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Um, and you know, not didn't... to go ahead. I mean, not to take it away from the Raptors because, like, the Warriors have had plenty of luck with injuries. Right. Um, you know, Kevin Love, Kyrie going down. Yep. Uh, Chris Kawhi. all going down. Yeah. I do. I my biggest what if is like, what if the Rockets beat the Warriors? Um, that one where Chris, that they were up three two. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do. I think the Rockets would have beaten that Cavs team. Oh yeah. I really for sure. think whoever came out of the West was probably. Yeah. Wait, was that the 73 win? No, 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 no because that, that was, they played the, that thunder. Was the, the thunder, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it, I don't think Harden's getting a ring. I no. don't think that, I don't think the Rockets are going to pull it out. No. And it sucks because I, him and Westbrook are two of my favorite players that aren't yeah. on the Bulls. Yep. And it's just, you, you, this is their last shot. Yeah. That, the pocket Rockets, come on. I think it's mainly Daryl Morey's fault. The dude just won't take any, like, actual basketball into account. He's just all about numbers. So he keeps yeah. saying, like, James Harden is actually the best shooting guard of all time. It's like, dude, he hasn't even surpassed Wade, Iverson, Jerry West. Like, people who have won championships and done it their entire career. It's like, put a team or don't have his center be P.J. Tucker. Yeah. I don't care. That's just insane. It makes I mean, more they did. mathematical sense. They did beat the Lakers with that team, to yeah, be but, fair. But once. Yeah, I, they only played games, it once. Yeah, put them in a seven-game series, and all of a sudden LeBron's down 2-1, and it's like, all right, I'm going in the post. LeBron's always shying away from the post until he's down in the series, and then he's yeah. like, all right, I'll stop trying to, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, between him and Anthony Davis, like, they, right. they don't have anyone who can guard him. They had Dwight Howard, yeah. too. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that's just so much. And, like, every Western team – Rudy Gobert. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Who was? It's been a while since I've been fucking talking about big man in the big man in the West. Nikola Jokic for the Jokic, Nuggets. Yeah. Um, Hassan Whiteside and um, other guy in the Trailblazers. Although the Blazers are out of it right now. Is Whiteside um, even still on the Trailblazers? What to? Yeah, yeah, he got on, traded from yeah, Heat to Trailblazers, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's um, not great. Hey, they got mellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. They better let the Hawks come back so Vince Carter gets a few more games. Yeah. How are the Hawks still not good? I know, dude. Trey Young is literally like Steph Curry reincarnated. Yeah, they got Trey Young, John Collins, right. Clint Capella now. Yeah. Like, they, they need to be a playoff team next year. Like, they have no excuse to still be bad. Well, what's wild, though, is because there's them, the Suns are kind of on the come-up, too, the Grizzlies are for sure on the come-up, too, and the Pelicans more than anybody are on the come-up, Oh, yeah. So there's four teams in there that are, like, not part of the perennial playoff teams now that are going to be... I feel like everyone everyone says, you know, the Suns are going to be good next year. That's been going on since Devin Booker came in. I I just don't buy it. Yeah, I don't the think least, it's going to happen. They're the least reliable of those four teams. Yeah. But no, I do. I mean, especially the Pelicans. And I, the, the tinfoil hat theory that I have is just, you know, the, the NBA is going to 
come up with the best possible format to get Zion Williamson into the playoffs. Yeah. No, they're going to make sure that Zion and John Morant both get in. Oh, yeah. And Luka Doncic, who had a broken hand, healed. He's ready to go. Oh, yeah. And and Chris Stops was also, you know, right. getting fatigued. And uh, what, who was the – Dwight Powell was injured. Right. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, could be pretty sweet. See some fully healthy teams. Oh, yeah. Got a lot I'm, of energy, ready to go. Man, I'm going to be grateful for any basketball that we get out of this. Yeah, just anything so that – yeah. Because even, you know, back to the negative, but, like, the country clearly needs something to distract itself. Yeah. And I, NHL's obviously going to be great, but – Yeah, it's not the same. More more niche, I guess, yeah. than, than basketball. Right. Oh, well. All right. Well, I think we've been going, like, almost two hours. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. It's a fun time when you're uh, talking about horrible things. Yeah. The, the country's on fire and you know everything's just, in shambles you just need to talk about basketball with someone <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for being on dude it was good yeah thanks up. for having me um when this is over let's go catch a comedy show or do something together let's well, do it i haven't seen you poe and tommy in a long time yeah yeah it's been a while i'm looking forward to it we'll go see a new show love it all right peace man See ya. Yep. Now you're gone. Realize my love for you was strong. And I miss you here. Now you're gone. I keep waiting here by the phone. With the pictures hanging on the wall. Is this the way it's meant to be? Only dreaming that you're missing me. I'm waiting here at home. I'll be crazy. Now you're gone.